This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. In excess of 567,000 tons, corn export sales jumped 58% for a marketing year high of 1.49 million tons. Soybean export sales rise 13% at 1.56 million tons. Those for soy meal pull back 25% at 137,000 tons. And soy oil falls 38% at 42,000 tons. Rotting off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade. Soybean futures are weaker on Friday morning. The January contract tumbles 17 cents at 12.49 per bushel. January soy oil retreats 1.53 cents at 59.17 U.S. cents per pound. January soy meal pulls back $2.40 at 3.48.50 per short ton. Corn futures are lower on Friday morning, with the March contract losing 9.5 cents at 5.76 per bushel. Chicago oats are lower as well, with the March contract down 2 cents at 7.48. The wheat complex is also lower, with Chicago March retreating 14 cents at 8.36. Kansas City March falls 10 cents at 8.67. And Minneapolis March loses 7.5 cents at 10.37.5. A reminder that the U.S. futures markets close early today at 12.05 Central. However, the ice canola market remains on its regular schedule. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, November 26th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. This year's Value Bonanza Sale event at Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John gives you more ways to save. Save big with 0% financing and cashback offers on select new Holland tractors, hay and forage products, and materials and handling equipment. These offers end December 31st, so make the trip to Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today. You get more choices and more savings when you buy during Value Bonanza. For commercial use only, customer participation subject to credit qualification and CNH, Industrial Capital Canada Limited Approval. Standard terms, conditions, and other restrictions apply. Down payment may be required. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the show. We have just one guest today. He's a very important guest, of course. He is the mayor of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality. Uh, they've had their own uh, struggles since kind of the last time we talked. Not all struggles, of course, but uh, we're going to talk a bit about their internet connectivity, their issues with BC Hydro, uh, health care service, which they've got an advocate working on, and so much more now with Gary Foster, the mayor of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality who joins us. Good morning, Mayor Foster. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Dub. It's nice to see you. Thanks so much for doing this. We appreciate you taking some time to talk about this. Uh, I wanted to start with health care because this is, of course, a big deal everywhere in the province. Uh, There's a chronic nursing shortage in the Northeast that we talk about a lot down here in Fort St. John. Uh, You guys feel this on an entirely different level because recently, uh, for example, uh, we heard that uh, there's uh, lab technician services 
that have been outsourced to Fort St. John. You used to be able to have uh, some of this stuff done right in uh, Fort Nelson, but uh, that's no longer the case. So I wanted to know uh, if you've heard anything about uh, this specifically from Northern Health since you got the news that this is what was happening. Certainly. Uh, we had Northern Health present at our council meeting after uh, Dr. Mostert had presented the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, healthcare is absolutely vital in our community as it is in any other community across the north. But our distances are the challenge here. And um, without lab technicians in place, it's very difficult for doctors to do their job. So um, Northern Health hasn't eliminated these positions by any stretch of the imagination. These positions are there, they're available to be filled, and Northern Health is working hard to fill them. Uh, As a matter of fact, they provided uh, incentives, including a moving expense and uh, signing bonus for anyone who comes to the Northern Rockies uh, to fill those positions. And and we're very grateful that they've done that, they've reached out. But, um, Dub, there are 100 lab positions in this province that are vacant right at the moment. There are not sufficient people to fill those jobs. And it's a challenge. And as you mentioned, there's a nursing challenge throughout the province as well. Uh, we're short of nurses, we're short of doctors, we're short of lab techs. We're short of a lot of things in healthcare. And, uh, you know, I think Northern Health is doing what they can to minimize these. But the impacts on the community like Fort Nelson are extremely uh, severe. So, um, Dub, just to give you an idea, you, you know, you have chest pains so and you go into the hospital. The mm-hmm. first thing they do is they draw blood. They want to know if you're having a heart attack or if this is something different. And they analyze that blood and they can do it in Fort St. John or Dawson Creek or any of those other hospitals. They can do it right away. And then the doctor knows. He's got some information. He knows how to proceed to treat you. In Fort Nelson, without those lab technicians, uh, we're at a disadvantage here. The doctor doesn't have that tool in his toolkit. And now he's now he's starting to have to, you know, make some assumptions or make uh, educated guess, and and this is not this is not good medicine. So these are the challenges that we face in the Northern Rockies. Um, another challenge, of course, is if somebody is having a severe heart attack, it's the distance to get them from uh, a small hospital with general practitioners to some place that's got specialists that can deal with their uh, their particular case. Um, we have uh, Dr. Mostert in Fort Nelson here, who's doing some fundraising in conjunction with Rotary to raise money for a CAT scan machine. Mm-hmm. Once again, this is a diagnostic piece of equipment that's vital for a physician um, for, among other things, to determine whether you're what kind of a stroke you're having so he knows how to treat you. Without that piece of equipment, um, you know, people can, can have very bad outcomes and sometimes, unfortunately, they pass away. So these things are very important to our community. Okay. So just recap then. So those jobs didn't disappear. There's just nobody to fill them at the moment for the lab technicians, is what you're saying. That's correct. Okay. Those positions still exist in the Northern Rockies. They're not gone. Okay. Well, that's that's good news anyway. I I, uh, I had misunderstood it that they had been outsourced and that they weren't coming back. So, But nonetheless, I mean, as you say, somebody draws blood now. It now comes to Fort St. John, and then the results have to come back. So if it's an emergency situation, it could be a, a day until they find out any of that information, as you say. Northern Health has said that if there is an emergency, that blood will be flown out immediately okay. to Fort St. John. 
And so that may be an hour before the doctor gets the results. But this is not optimal. I mean, obviously, flying a vial of blood from Fort Nelson to Fort St. John is, uh, is waste resources. And, you know, um, Northern Health recognizes this. They're doing what they can to alleviate the situation. Uh, but I think ahead of Northern Health at the ministry level, things need to be done here, and they need to be done differently. Um, you need more people in healthcare is, is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. uh, we've watched emergency rooms in Fort St. John and Dawson Creek have to close because of lack of staff. And sure, COVID has been a big impact on this, but there are other underlying issues in the healthcare system uh, that are presenting a lot of challenges to citizens. And unfortunately in the Northern Rockies, these, these situations are exasperated because of our distance mm -hmm. and our remoteness. Now, uh, I believe it was earlier in the summer. I, I think we had uh, Yuan talked about it a bit. Uh, we had him on. You have a healthcare advocate named Doug Blackie working for you. Um, he was going to do some engagement with people, talk to uh, residents and, and local governments and organizations like yourself to kind of find out, engage sort of what you your needs are that uh, you need to be met and you know, hopefully bring everybody to the table. I wanted to ask you kind of uh, how that's gone so far and if you have an update on kind of what uh, Mr. Blackie's work has been and uh, what he continues to do. Well, Mr. Blackie, I think, has got the same idea as I do as far as health care. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, we have to cooperate with Northern Health. I, I know the organization is not perfect. No organization is. But... In order to make progress in healthcare or in anything else, uh, you you have to cooperate with people, uh -huh. and uh, Mr. Blackie recognizes that. Then he's looking for ways that we can get together and we can start discussing what our issues are, what our main issues are, and what we can do to um, to make things better for the people of the Northern Rockies. Um, Dub, it's funny, um, you know. If you want something done, the way to do it is to cooperate. If you just want to get some votes, the best thing to do is to slam the table and jump up and down and scream and shout. Mm -hmm. But but one of them, you know, gets gets something accomplished, and the other one is just you know just noise. And um, I find that the best thing to do for the people of the Northern Rockies is to cooperate, look for solutions, join together, and try to do the best you can for the people. Okay. Uh, what's kind of next in that process that he's uh, still working on, if you don't mind me asking? Um, well, Mr. Blackie is continuing to work on a few things. Um, getting the parties around the table to discuss some of these issues with uh, Northern Health and come up with a strategy that the municipality can use mm -hmm. and look at ways that, A, we are not wasting our time trying to do something that is not doable, and B, look at things that we can do that accomplish something. Just to give you an example, um, we've talked about a shortage of nurses. What we'd like to do is when uh, someone comes to our community to do nursing, we want to make sure that they're welcomed in the community and if they like hiking, that they can meet other people in their peer group and they can go hiking, or if they like golf, you know, we can introduce them to people who golf, um, people of their own age. Um, and if they if they want to go swimming, heck, I'll even buy them swim passes. But we want to make the people who come here to engage in healthcare activities, um, we want to make them part of the community. And if you do that, um, people have a tendency to stay here. 
All right. I want to move on to talk a bit about BC Hydro. Um, it's sort of a related issue in that, um, you know, power will go out in uh, Fort Nelson or, or somewhere else in the municipality, and it'll be hours uh, before uh, BC Hydro is able to do something about it. Uh, do again, be your distance kind of from infrastructure for that. Um, have you had any discussions with BC Hydro about that issue? And uh, have they uh, said what they can do about it or if there is anything that can be done about it so that you don't have 10-hour power outages that affect businesses and livelihoods of people in the municipality. Once again, Dub, this is a great example of cooperating with government agencies to make things better for the citizens of the Northern Rockies. So just a little past history. Um, we have had in the winter in the Northern Rockies uh, two linemen, um, and that's, that's pretty well provided the coverage that we need in our community. And, of course, in the winter, when it gets to be 30 below, you can't have outages for very long. Mm -hmm. But what had happened was during the summer, um, BC Hydro said there is not enough work for the linemen in Fort Nelson, and we need to move them to some place where they will be busier. And that was uh, Fort St. John, I think, related to Site C. So what they did was they took the linemen, all the linemen, out of Fort Nelson, and, um, and move them down to BC for uh, short periods of time, sometimes two weeks. But what happened was this left the community vulnerable. And when there was a windstorm or there was some other power outage or even a raven hits the power lines, um, a crew has to come from Fort St. John. Now, if they've already worked six hours, they can't hop in the truck and spend six hours or five hours coming up the highway and working in Fort Nelson. Mm -hmm. So they had timed out as of their um, their work schedule. So what was happening was even for minor power outages, like I say a tree hits the line or a raven hits the line, um, it could be 12 hours. So what this caused was spoilage in food stores. It mm -hmm. caused um, people who are working in hotels or in those food stores to, to lose a day's pay. Uh, it created... A lot of problems for you know even delivering gasoline in town uh, to tourists so it was a major a major inconvenience for our town more than an inconvenience even seniors who require uh, electricity to run things like oxygen oxygen machines uh, that was it was a big deal so anyway we uh, took it upon ourselves to uh, reach out to BC Hydro through Bob Gammer uh, and from him to the vice president of uh, BC Hydro. And I had several conversations with Charlotte Mitha, the vice president, um, talking about this very issue. BC Hydro's position was we can't have linemen in Fort Nelson doing nothing. We need to have people busy and being productive. We're a company that tries to keep our electrical rates low, and to do that, we need to be efficient. So we talked back and forth about the impact on the community, the efficiencies, the costs of having their crew down in Fort, or Fort St. John and then driving them back to Fort Nelson. To make a long story short, in the end, um, Charlotte Mita said, you know what, you, you do have a case there, and what we'll do is we will commit to having a full-time lineman in Fort Nelson during the summer months. What the end result was... Through May, June, July, we had four outages that exceeded eight hours for various customers. Mm -hmm. um, 
after August into September, October, I would say October, November, um, we haven't had any significant power outages, none that couldn't be repaired quickly. So uh, this is working, and it's working, I think, both for us and it's working for BC Hydro. Excellent. So then that means for winter now, then is, uh, is there two linemen then working specifically in Fort Nelson since it's winter again? Yes, they have two positions here that they fill for the winter in Fort Nelson. So now, um, Dub, I mean, if somebody is off sick, of course, you don't have to lunch sure. or if somebody is on holidays or something. But the positions are there. And that's the main thing is that they've got the coverage of two people here in the winter and one person in the summer. I mean, it's not ideal. We'd like to have two in the summer as well. But, you know, this is a reasonable compromise. And it accomplishes the goal of driving down the amount of time we don't have power Mm -hmm. in Fort Nelson when there's an outage. Um, I believe that this will probably probably, um, reduce the outages by 80% in Fort Nelson. Excellent. Well, that's good that uh, there was a, a bit of a uh, resolving of that situation. So, uh, Mayor Foster, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about this excellent plan you have for 911 call boxes uh, that you guys are hoping to get some funding and so much more right after this on Moose Talks with Northern Rockies Regional Municipality Mayor uh, Gary Foster. Do you have some good news you'd like to share with the community? I've got good news. We here at Moose FM know that the news has been bleak lately and want to spread some positivity. Whether you're fundraising for the SPCA or saw some kids selling lemonade in your neighborhood, we want to hear about it. Email us at news at moosefm.ca and we'll share your good news right after the 7.30 news and online at moosefm and energeticcity.ca. Good news brought to you by Frontier Law. We look forward to hearing from you. There's never been a better time to support the local stores and businesses in Fort St. John. Join Moose FM today as we showcase the deals you can find all over Fort St. John for Black Friday. We'll be coming to you live from businesses like Harvest Wine Outfitters, M&M Food Market, and Windsor Plywood, Brad's Furniture and Appliances, and Burger King, and letting you know all the best deals so you don't miss out. Be sure to tune in today to catch the inside scoop on the best deals in Fort St. John this Black Friday. Black Friday is powered by Harvest Wine Outfitters, M&M Food Market, Windsor Plywood, Brad's Furniture and Appliances, and Burger King. All good things must come to an end. After 25 years in business serving Fort St. John and beyond, Roland Treble Jewelers is closing. Roland Treble Jewelers have reduced everything in the store to sell at store closing prices. Nothing has been held back. Diamond, gold, and silver jewelry, chains, rings, bracelets, and more will all be sold at store closing prices. COVID protocols are in place. Check the Roland Treble Facebook page for details and updates. Roland Treble Jewelers in the McKenzie Mall on 93rd Avenue next to Safeway Liquor. McDonald's has a spicy new way to wake up your day. Habanero. But it's more like have a giant flavor alarm clock going off. Introducing the new spicy Habanero Bacon and Egg McMuffin. Only at McDonald's. See you at the drive-thru for a limited time at participating restaurants. You're shopping around for an automobile. Come see Ford City Chrysler. You're trying to find the very best deal. Looking for a fine pre-owned vehicle? Ford City Chrysler has cars, trucks, minivans, and SUVs. Four-wheel drive pickups and diesels, too. Many with remaining factory warranty. And they're all quality inspected and ready to go. At Ford City Chrysler, you're buying from your hometown dealer. No pressure, no hassles, just honesty and integrity. Only at Ford City Chrysler. Only in Fort St. John. 
There's always something going on in the Energetic City, and the staff from the City of Fort St. John Recreation Department have planned a variety of exciting programs and events. Here's what's coming up. The Winter Recreation and Leisure Guide features information on all City of Fort St. John events and programs from January to March. View the Recreation and Leisure Guide at fortstjohn.ca on December 1st. For more information on this event, view the Recreation and Leisure Guide at fortstjohn.ca or follow the City of Fort St. John Recreation on Facebook. This show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig chatting with Northern Rockies Regional Municipality Mayor Gary Foster today. Now, this was announced fairly recently. There's a, a plan which I believe you guys sort of came up with mostly on your own. Uh, 911 call boxes along the Alaska Highway uh, starting at Par- Prophet River and basically taking you basically all the way to the Yukon border. Uh, of course, uh, there's not a lot of... Uh, there's spotty cell service along there, if I can put it nicely. So this is kind of a way to make it a little safer along uh, that road. Can you tell us a bit about that project? Sure. Um so for American travelers going up the highway, first of all, um, we didn't have 911 service. And of course, American travelers are used to having 911 service no matter where they are in the United States. Uh-huh. So they weren't aware that this wasn't available in the Northern Rockies or along the Alaska Highway, uh, you know, probably from uh, Pink Mountain North. Um, so we did get 911 service. But then, as you said, we've got spotty cell service up and down the highway. And if somebody has an accident or a medical emergency, we want them to be able to get a hold of 911 mm-hmm. and um, get the assistance that they need. So the idea was is to put these call boxes in at certain places along the Alaska Highway. And I think those places are still being worked out. But it'll be simply a phone, and uh, the phone will be connected to 911. It'll be the only thing that that phone um, will access. And it'll be for travelers who don't have cell service but need to be within proximity of a of a call box Mm -hmm. is it it, it, they kind of look like they'd be every i'm guessing about 100 kilometers or so maybe i'm i'm stretching it out or does that sound accurate about that and and it depends on how your cell service is in certain places so obviously you wouldn't put a call box where you've got cell service so certainly mainly for those those distances where you don't have access and of course we're looking at ways to put signage up so that people know where the next call box is as well. I see. It's a fascinating idea. I have to ask, though, um, I wonder you know, why council decided to back this rather than uh, pushing for, say, better cell coverage. I, I realize there's lots of you know, uh, infrastructure uh, issues with that, but was that something that you guys have talked about previously, just asking companies to invest more in making it safer and having better cell coverage? We have. And, you know, I think that communications um, space is getting more and more complicated with low-Earth orbit satellites. Mm-hmm. So I think the Northwest Tel, which is the one that services our area, reluctant to put in millions of dollars worth of towers along the Alaska Highway for very little use. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in talking with uh, Minister Baer, uh, Minister of Citizen Services, who's responsible for telecommunications, um, you know, I think we're getting a lot of uptake. We're getting a lot of interest in making sure that our community and along the Alaska Highway has that connectivity so that, you know, people in 
for various reasons can access that. So Lisa Bear was up to the Northern Rockies here this fall and uh, we, we uh, met with the Chamber of Commerce and we talked about um, you know all the challenges with, with communications. The distances here Dub are vast and, uh, and uh, the readership or the, the, not the readership but the, um, the usership I guess of the uh, facility is low. And mm-hmm. it's hard to make a business case out of it. So government assistance is needed in order to make that a reality. Okay. And I was going to ask, you have a reasonable expectation you'll get funding for it? Because most of the funding uh, you've applied for, correct? Yes, and I think we will. I mean, uh, it, it remains to be seen, but I sure. think it's being well received. Okay. I want to make sure we talked about this too. Uh, the Peak Renewables pellet plant, uh, Canfor transferred their forest tenure to Peak Renewables officially last week. So I wanted an update on uh, the situation with the pellet plant. What's kind of next for that? Are they ready? Is it still being built? Is there still adaptations being made? What's next for that? So there's there's several things that have to happen for the pellet plant to be a reality, and we, we tick the boxes off one by one. Uh-huh. First of all, we need to have First Nations engagement. We've done that, and, and Fort Nelson First Nations is a partner with Peak Renewables in this pellet plant. We need to um, have the fiber available, and as you said, um, the tenure is transferred from Canfor to Peak Renewables uh, about a week ago. So they'd come to an agreement several months ago. The actual transfer happened about a week ago. Uh This was um, some of the fiber that they needed, but it wasn't all of it. And so they've engaged with the Ministry of Forests um, to procure more fiber. And I believe that that is just about done. I think they've reached an agreement with the Ministry of Forests. Maybe a few little words have to be changed here and there and a few I's dotted and T's crossed and that. But I... I believe that they're over the line here as far as needing fiber for their facility. The last item on the list here is rail service in and out of the Northern Rockies. Uh-huh. So I think there's some talks going on with CN about upgrading that rail line or finding some other different solutions. Those those talks are between CN, the provincial government, the federal government, and Peak Renewables. So the municipality is not party to those talks, but of uh-huh. course we're very interested in it. It's something that has to happen here in order to make that a reality. Okay. And then finally, before we let you go, we got about a minute left. Um, uh, Mike Irwin, who is a fixture of your community, worked at the rec center for a long time, uh, passed away, uh, I believe, this week. I just wanted to uh, uh, let you have a moment to sort of speak about him and what he meant for the community. You know, um, long before I, I ran for municipal office, my kids used to work for the rec center. We used to cut grass in the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were good friends with Mike Irwin. Um, and then when I took this job, you know, Mike was one of those guys who would come up to you and he always had, he was always positive. And, uh, you know, he had words of encouragement for a, a mayor that was just new in the job. <laughs> and, uh, and I really appreciated that. Um, you know, Mike had lost a long, a long time ago. And... Uh, and after that, he took up marathon running. So, you know, probably for the rest of my life, Dub, every time I see somebody who rises up in the face of adversity, I'm going to think of Mike Irwin. So I will miss him very much. 
What a moving tribute. Excellent. All right. Well, Mayor Foster, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time to chat with us today and give us some updates on uh, all the things, uh, important things happening up in the Northern Rockies region and municipality. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Give us a call anytime, Dub. Glad to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you. That's uh, Mayor Gary Foster of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality. We'll wrap things up right after this on Moose Talks. One thing is for sure. Riggers get filthy and Soap City Cleaning is in the business of making filth disappear. We provide industrial rags and wipes to oil field companies in the North Peace region, along with cleaning of coveralls, gloves, and any other oil field attire. Plus, with our pickup and delivery service, we have the most efficient turnaround times for even the busiest rigs. One thing we've never said is, that's too filthy. No job is too big or small at Soap City Cleaning. See for yourself on 95th Ave or online at soapcitycleaning at gmail.com. At Northern Auto Electric, they're known for having the highest quality auto parts and service. They're also known as proud supporters of the oil and gas industry. To learn more about everything they can do for you, visit them at 109th Street and 90th Avenue beside the co-op card lock. The Northern Environmental Action Team is growing. Every day in our community, we're educating students, delivering hot meals to those in need, diverting grocery foods to those less fortunate, bringing together local producers, and helping you make healthier product choices, all with the goal of making our community more connected and vibrant. Supporting our clients and our community means the world to us, and now we're asking for your support. Find out what partnering with NEAT means. Visit neat.ca slash program support to see all the ways that we can work together. What's all this stuff? Oh, I'm just making a pile to be recycled and FSJ return it. I'm pretty sure they don't take all this. Sure they do. They accept small appliances, cell phones, computers, printers, power tools, even gaming systems. Nope, not happening. Come on, it's 30 years old. You barely play it. And you have to bang on it for it to even work. What's your point? FSJ Return Recycles a lot more than you think. Open six days a week on 93rd Avenue. For the full list, visit their Facebook page at FSJ Return It. Celebrate the season with Red Barn Eatery. Hi, Chris here from the Red Barn Eatery at the Charlie Lake Pub, inviting you to book your Christmas parties and events and have us cater with a selection of awesome food. To learn more, check out Red Barn Eatery at the Charlie Lake Pub on Facebook and Instagram. Hi, I'm Lindsay, and I'm here to help you understand what the heck goes where when it comes to sorting your garbage and recycling at home. 25% of all residential garbage in BC is food waste, more than any other type of waste. You can help reduce that number by creating a backyard compost bin. It is easy and quick to make your own compost from organic materials, such as kitchen scraps and yard waste. We all have a role to play in reducing the amount of waste produced in our region. Help us protect the places and the people we all love. Download the WasteWise app to find out what goes where, available for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play, or visit fortstjohn.ca for more information. <sighs> That's a glorious sound, isn't it? You know what else is glorious? Being able to order from your favorite coffee store online. Peace Country Delight Coffee offers specialty coffee, tea from around the world, break room supplies, syrups, machines, and more. And you can now order it all from home. Choose to pick up locally or have it delivered right to your door. Peace Country Delight Coffee, bringing peace to you one cup at a time. See them on 100th Ave or order online at peacecoffee.ca. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to Gary Foster for joining us today. If you missed this episode of Moose Talks or if you'd like to hear it again, you can check out the podcast now at energeticcity.ca slash podcast. You'll find uh, past episodes of Moose Talks as well as episodes of our new podcast, Before the Peace, 
all about local Indigenous people telling their stories and stories of Indigenous culture and heritage in the peace and Voices of the Peace, where we talk to local people who've helped to make Fort St. John a great place to live. You can check out energeticcity.ca slash podcast for more information. That does it for this episode of Moose Talks. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer. I'm Dub Craig, and Trey wants me to say, I wish you, I'm wishing you a good day and good mental health. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. There's never been a better time to support the local stores and businesses in Fort St. John. Join Moose FM today as we showcase the deals you can find all over Fort St. John for Black Friday. We'll be coming to you live from businesses like Harvest Wine Outfitters, M&M Food Market, and Windsor Plywood, Brad's Furniture and Appliances, and Burger King, and letting you know all the best deals so you don't miss out. Be sure to tune in today to catch the inside scoop on the best deals in Fort St. John this Black Friday. Black Friday is powered by Harvest Wine Outfitters, M&M Food Market, Windsor Plywood, Brad's Furniture and Appliances, and Burger King. Energetic Country. 
Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.